This is a Flashpoint Extra. I'm Flashpoint host, Cherry Gregg. Voters in West Philadelphia made history this week, y'all, when they elected the first Muslim woman to serve in Pennsylvania's General Assembly. Movita Johnson Harrell from West Philadelphia. Now, she is a gun control advocate. She won more than two-thirds of the vote after just campaigning, get this, for four weeks. Okay, I got a chance to sit down with this barrier uh, breaking legislator, new legislator who will be sworn in on March 25th of this month. Take a listen to my uh, interview with Movita Johnson Harrell and this Flashpoint Extra. Movita Johnson Harrell, or should I say Representative Johnson Harrell. Hey, Cherry, how are you? Congratulations on your win. Thank you so much. Are you excited? I am very excited. Yeah, this is your second run. Yes. And this time you were successful. I mean, how does it feel? Did you did you know success was coming? I did not know success was coming, but I knew that this time it was divine intervention because I wasn't even going to run. Wow. Yeah. And so let's back up because you were most recently working um, in victim services uh, under in the Philadelphia District Attorney's Office. Yes. You left that role to to take a run for it. Yeah, so how it kind of played out is back in October and November, there were some um, conversations because mm-hmm. we knew that the seat would be vacated uh, pretty soon. So there were some conversations, and it was made very clear that, you know, the, the, the party had already selected several people, and it was several men. And I was kind of baffled by that because I said, well, why would you replace a man with a woman? I mean, replace a woman with a man um, when only 24 percent of the legislature is women. But they had made their decisions. And I said, you know what? I'm in the DA's office. I'm doing wonderful work. I had just brought the Philadelphia CARES model to the Philadelphia District Attorney's Office. I was making almost one hundred and ten thousand dollars a year. I was very comfortable. I said, maybe it's not my time to run. So I said, I'm going to fall back and get comfortable. And I shot up a prayer and I said, God, if this is my seat, I don't have to quit my job to run. And literally the following week on January 25th at three o'clock in the afternoon, my phone rang and it was the party asking me to run. And there you go. Yeah. And so you didn't have very much time to put a campaign together. I didn't have much time at all. And we had to pull things together really, really quickly and To my benefit, I had people who had supported me in 2015 and 16 who were more than willing to jump on board and kind of try and get us to a victory in four weeks. Wow. And it just all happened. How many hands did you shake and doors did you knock on? Oh, gosh, Sherry, I don't know how many hands I shook or how many doors I knocked on, but we kind of did the calculations on touches and we touched approximately 10,000 people five times in four weeks. Very busy. Yes. So now you're making history. Yeah. Yeah. And you are, it is believed that you are the first uh, Muslim woman to serve in the Pennsylvania legislature. Yes. No one could remember another Muslim woman. Well, I don't think there's been any. We're talking about Pennsylvania. Yeah. But um, it's amazing. And it's amazing to be able to break that glass ceiling, right? And represent women and represent black women and represent Muslim women, but more importantly, represent diversity. Yeah. Yeah. Now you wear a hijab. So it's like you wear. I mean, you could tell you're a Muslim. Absolutely. Woman. Yeah. And so um, I've heard that there have been, you know, 
some anti-Muslim statements on the Pennsylvania floor. Are you ready for that? I am ready for that. So I am second generation Muslim. My mother converted in 1976 when I was 10 years old. Um, And I grew up at a time where Islam was not common. Um, It was kind of a movement. Um, in Philadelphia after the civil rights movement and the black power movement. And a lot of African-American people were embracing Islam at that time, like my mother, because they wanted something that was going to help guide them, right, to keep them strong. Um, and when my mother converted, it was not popular. And I was teased. I garbed as soon as my mother converted. And it wasn't popular. And I went to school. I was teased. My chemar was pulled off. And it was difficult. And I had to stand up and fight for my back then and I've done that for mm-hmm. the past 42 years yeah and so for people who don't know you I mean obviously the 10,000 folks you've touched have five times <laughs> they know you <laughs> but for the rest of the city outside of West Philadelphia who have not seen your work I mean you've been grinding for years yes so for over Two decades, I've cared for marginalized communities. Um, Eight years ago, my son Charles Johnson was murdered in a case of mistaken identity. When my son was murdered, I created the Charles Foundation, creating healthy alternatives, results in less emotional suffering. Began to fight for our young people on both sides of the gun, also to empower our communities, to uh, be responsible and proactive to keep our communities safe, right? Also created jobs in the city. Um, And then I was pegged by District Attorney Larry Krasner to come to the DA's office where I came in and I expanded that unit and victim services and made it look more like the community that it represented. I also brought the DA's office out of its ivory tower and we began to go throughout the community asking people what they wanted from their DA's office. Um, I created the Philadelphia Cares model and bought $1.6 million and created an additional 15 jobs in the DAO. So I've been out here working and grinding and for eight years, all of the work that I did through the Charles Foundation, I literally did out of my pocket and with several generous donors because I intentionally did not apply for state or federal money because I didn't want anybody telling me what I could do to protect and save my community. Mm-hmm. But now you're working with the state. I mean, you're an elected yes. official. Yes. So I don't know. I just see this as divine intervention, right? Not just the way that it happened and how it happened so fast, um, but also because as a legislator, I will be able to make change on a larger scale, right? I will be able to go up to Harrisburg to those people who have made those anti-Islamic statements to let them see this visual up close and personal, right? To let them hear my story up close and personal. A lot of people don't realize, Cherry, you know, they know I have um, pen degrees and I've created businesses and I've been very successful and I drive a Porsche. But what they don't realize is I come from five generations of poverty. Mm-hmm. I grew up on welfare and food stamps. I know what it's like not to have heat, not to have electric. I, I lived in public housing. I've had to fight for everything I have. So I know what it's like for most of the people living in my district. Who better to speak to that than me? Yeah. Yeah. And everybody knows your voice is very distinctive. <laughs> I used to always tease you about that. I was like, she don't even need the microphone. I remember one time you were standing beside the podium and I could hear you through the microphone in the podium. And so I think it's going to be a good space for you. Do you have an agenda? 
I do, do have, have an agenda. What's your agenda? My agenda is to go up and to push gun legislation, safe gun legislation. But something I think that's very unique about me when we talk about gun violence advocates is that I understand that the problem is so much larger than the gun, right? So while I want to push safe gun legislation, I also want to push legislation for fair funding for our schools. It does not make any sense that we are telling our kids to put down the guns, but what are we putting in their hands instead? So we need to create our own community reinvestment. We need to create our create our own economic opportunity because that's what's wrong in our community. You know, we don't have jobs. They don't have education. They have access to illegal guns. That has to stop. So I'm willing to go up to Harrisburg and to push this stuff. And it's getting ready to be on in the 190th district. <laughs> About to be on. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so you have so much energy. Where does all your motivation come from? It comes from my son. So when I made from my son, but also from my other children and my grandchildren, um, losing Charles was devastating for us. And this was going to do one of two things. It was either going to break me and I was going to stay in that fetal position or it was going to push me into action. And that's exactly what it did. And it wasn't his death that pushed me into action. It was his life and it was the love that I have for his life. So what I had to remind people while we had that beautiful um, celebration when we found out that I won on Tuesday night, I had to shut everything down and remind everybody in that room that my seat in the legislature sits on Charles Johnson's grave. That's my motivation. My motivation is first and foremost, my son should not be dead, Jerry. He shouldn't. He didn't do anything. But guess what? Even if he was one of the boys that sold drugs and did things wrong, We have a responsibility to our children to teach them better. I have three other children who have to live in the city. I have four grandchildren now. So if I don't fight to make the community safe for my family and for yours, who else will? Yeah. And so there's a lot of motivation there. You're going to be going going back and forth to Harrisburg now. Putting some, putting some either on the train or putting some miles on the car yes. and the Porsche and everything. <laughs> you go, girl, you're going to be on the road. I yeah. mean, are you, when is your, I know you get sworn in on the 25th. Yes. So I actually, I have to go up to Harrisburg next week. Um, mm-hmm. I've been invited to a caucus retreat on Wednesday and Thursday. You're going to be working before you actually sworn. You ready? Well, Cherry, I haven't stopped. So we actually got the results on Tuesday night. I was working yesterday. I've already had several meetings to bring um, a program into the 190th to stop the gun violence. Today, I had a meeting to begin doing um, community feedings in the district. So, you know, I, I'm not playing about this. I'm like real serious about getting the work done in this district, because if I can make our district a model, then we can take this around the city. I, the, the, the thing that's fortunate for me is I have been a part of so many different things that are successful. Then when it comes down to funding, nobody wants to fund it. So now I'm in a position. Now I'm in a position to make this stuff happen. I got too much information. Damn, you over here. <laughs> and I know that if anybody can do it, you I mean, you've been um, I mean, just working in the DA's office, working with, you know, in different political campaigns, having run previously and not won. Yeah. All of those. What do you think? All of the things that you've been in, losing your son. Yeah. Um, starting a nonprofit, um, working in that sector, being at rallies. Dealing with mothers who've lost children and other victims of crime. I mean, what is what have all those things sort of like 
taught you, that have prepared you, that you think prepares you for the role you're in now? It's to just stay true to myself, stay true to my family, and just push forward and continue to do the work. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't worry about what the naysayers say. I can't worry about what nobody else is doing. I know God has me on a mission. I'm like real serious about that. He has me on a mission. This is the, listen, my, I, I just trust in the path that he's laying for me because to be totally honest, this is not where I saw my life. You know, by now, I, in my mind, by now I was going to have my doctorate and I would be teaching and I would be writing and that's not where I am. I'm out here and I'm grinding and I'm fighting to save lives and this is my life and I've accepted it. And for me, I walked up to my son as he laid on that table and after I did the call to prayer and I recited the Al-Fatiha, I promised my son I would do something about this. Yeah. And I'm going to hold true to that promise. Well, I'm going to predict that I don't think this is going to be the last time you run for a position. I, I see you doing something higher than state rep at some point. But, you know, you got to get gonna, in there and get We're going to stay in the day, Cherry. We're going to stay in the we, day. We, uh, we just, you know, because there's a lot of, um, it, it's hard to find people who can stay true to self. Yeah. And stay true. You got to, I mean, it's going to be tested, I'm sure, over the next few years. Yeah. But it's like, you know, it's hard to find people. Who, who have a true mission and can stay focused on whatever their agenda is. You know what the difference is about me? So I come from nothing. I mean, literally, I come from nothing. And then I went to being a woman that had everything she ever wanted. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've traveled the world. I can live where I want to live. I can drive what I want to drive. And then my son was taken. And none of that stuff matters anymore. It yeah. literally doesn't matter. I mean, people will tell you, people who know me, who have foundations and do work or are trying to raise money, I give my money away because it doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. So somebody can't walk up to me and bribe me with something. Yeah. That's the difference. And that's God. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have means. So that means that a lot of this little because we had, we lost so many uh, politicians good and good people, good people. I mean, very low level, uh, yeah. low level crimes, few thousand dollars, um, yeah. you know, losing their jobs. Um, some in some cases, their freedom, their yep. reputation, years of good work down, you know, with a big old, you know, scarlet letter yes. on it. And, it. and it is what it is. But um I look forward to seeing what you're going to do, Movita. Thank you. You know, and just do some good work. Absolutely. You know, and what we I need, need soldiers that do good work. Yes. yes. And what I need is I need for people who believe. I don't care what faith you are. So my mother was always eclectic. We went to synagogue. We went to church. Mm -hmm. I don't condemned anybody my great-grandmother was baptist and yeah. her family erected churches and she raised me on it doesn't matter what you call them long as you call them right that's so right i need people who believe to pray for me to pray that god puts a hedge of protection around me because of who i am and my voice they coming i know yeah. they coming has been a Flashpoint Extra. Flashpoint is KYW News Radio's weekly public affairs show. It airs every weekend on 1060 AM on your radio dial. And it comes on at 9.30 p.m. on Saturdays and Sunday morning at 8.30. So you can subscribe to the Flashpoint Podcast for exclusive content like this extra. You can find us on the Radio.com app, the Apple Podcast app, or any podcast flat, uh, platform. All you got to do is search Flashpoint KYW. If there's something in your community that has you hot under the collar, let us know. 
and we'll walk you through the flames. You can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Flashpoint Show. Mine is Cherry Greg. And thank you because you're a part of the Flashpoint fam. So we really appreciate you listening and subscribing to our podcast. We work really hard and we really, really care about the community. So until next time, I'm your host, Cherry Greg. Thanks for listening. <laughs>